for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongues of the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Father, we pray to you this morning, O Lord God. You are the God of honor, you are the God of glory. You are high and lifted up, O Lord God. Father, we humble ourselves before you, Lord God. And Lord, I bring myself particularly to you, Lord God. I don't know, Lord God, what to pray. I don't know what to preach, O Father. But Lord, I call upon you, Lord God. I call upon your Holy Spirit to come and take his place, Lord God, and minister to us, O Father. Because, Lord, we are, without him we are nothing, O Father. Lord, I pray, O Father, this morning that, Lord, as we come before you, Lord, that you will teach us, O Lord God, according to your word, O Father, according to your will, O Lord God. I pray, O Father, that, Lord God, everything that comes out of my mouth, O Father, will be from you, Lord God, and it will be your truth, O Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that through your word, O Father, you will be exalted, O Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that you will teach us your wisdom, O oh Father, the wisdom that comes from above, O oh Lord God. I pray, O oh Father, that, Lord God, you will teach us humility, O oh Father, that, Lord, we will learn to humble ourselves before you, O oh God, because your word tells us, O oh Father, that, Lord God, if you humble ourselves, O oh Lord God, you will lift us up in due time, O oh Lord God. And I pray, O oh Father, that, Lord God, as we come to you this morning, O oh Father, we will come, Lord God, to worship you, O oh Lord God, to worship you in spirit and in truth, O oh Father, because, Lord God, your word tells us, O oh Father, that true worship are the ones who are worshipped in spirit and in truth, O oh Father. Lord, I pray this morning that, Lord, you will open the ear, our eyes, O oh Lord God, and open our hearts, O oh Lord God, so that Lord God will receive from you. I pray, O oh Father, that, Lord God, our ears will be open, O oh Father, so we will hear your word, O oh Father. Lord, we lift your name on high. We glorify your God. You are the God of honor. You are the God of glory. And, Lord, there is none like you. You are worthy, O oh Lord God. You are mighty to serve. You are the King of kings. You are the King of glory. And we exalt your holy name. We ask all this in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. What are you Not quite. 27 and some, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is such a, an honor to stand before you today on my birthday and preach to you about the test of humble wisdom. We're continuing on our series on James and today we're in James 3 from 13 to 18. It says, Heavenly wisdom versus demonic wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct, that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your, in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, 
full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Amen. Knowledge helps enables us to take to take things apart, but wisdom enables us to put things together and relate with God's truth to the daily life. What is wisdom? Anyone? Anyone want to try? What is wisdom? You learn from your mistakes. Okay. Any other take? Start with the fear of the Lord. We'll, we'll probably go with that one. Any other take? <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll go with that one and that one, but we will classify them under where they fall in the wisdom. According to the dictionary, uh, I got this from uh, godquestions.org. It says, wisdom is the ability, oh, it defines wisdom as the ability to discern or judge what is right, what is true or lasting. Knowledge, on the other hand, is the information that exists gained through experience, reasoning or acquaintance. Knowledge can exist without wisdom, but wisdom cannot exist without knowledge. One can be knowledgeable without being wise. So, what it tells me is that uh, wisdom is something that is acquired somehow. You, you cannot go and learn to be wise. There is no school that teaches anyone to be wise. But wisdom comes from gaining an understanding and the true wisdom comes from the Lord. Uh, James classifies uh, wisdom into two types, the false wisdom and the true wisdom. He says false wisdom is the wisdom that comes from below. If we read from verse 14, it says, If you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your heart, do not boast or lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly. It is sensual and demonic. So this is the, this is the earthly wisdom that most people uh, boast about, that they, they are wise, they have got the wisdom, they have been around the block and they know all these things. That is the wrong type of wisdom. That wisdom does not produce a good lifestyle, a lifestyle that is in line with the word of God. But rather, that wisdom is uh, contrary to the will of God. It is characterized by a, a fleshy lifestyle. The way of the world, where you make your own judgment and deem them to be right, where you put yourself as higher than others. But that's the wrong kind of wisdom. That, that type of wisdom, we see, it originated in Genesis chapter 3, 
where Satan deceived Eve. Verse 4 and 5 says, The serpent said to the woman, You will surely not die, for God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the serpent came and deceived the woman, that was the earthly wisdom that was put into men. And that wisdom has continued to reign on, a daily life, uh, on our daily lives. We see in, also in Genesis 11, uh, verse 1 to 9, when the, when the people were building the Tower of Babel, it, to them it seemed a wise thing that they would build a city for themselves and they build a tower that will take them up so they can meet with God. But that was not wise in the eyes of God because that was earthly wisdom. So what happened as a result, God caused confusion and uh, people were scattered because of they thought they had the wisdom that was going to bring them to God. But what it actually did was it, it, it uh, separated them from God. The, their motive was to be next to God so that they have the mind of God to do what God was capable of doing, which was a wrong thing to do. When we see the wisdom of God, the Bible tells us that to men, God's wisdom is foolishness. If we go to First Corinthians 1, uh, verse 8, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring, bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Paul had, to, had a lot to say about this wisdom of men. That this wisdom is foolishness before God and God's wisdom is foolishness before men. It is because men's wisdom is derived from the reasons, from the wrong reasons, whereas the wisdom of God is drawn from revelation. So our own wisdom is, is derived from our own reasoning. We, we look at things from our carnal mind and try to draw some sort of reasoning and then we come to conclusions that this is the right way to go. Whereas if you have the wisdom that comes from above, you will look to God and God will give you discernment and whatever you do, you will do according to the Spirit. It will be the Spirit that leads you. And uh, coming back to what Chris said, where you get your wisdom is where you begin to fear the Lord. Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So when we talk about fear, we are not talking about being scared, but we are talking of fear of knowing who God is and what God can do. Knowing that God is the supreme being, that there is no other God except for him, that life comes from him, and that he, he has the capability of destroying both the body and the spirit. So knowing who God is and having the right fear of God opens, it unlocks that door of wisdom that we all need as Christians.
the more a man turns away from God, the more they lose their wisdom. As the world has lost its fear for the Lord, they have also lost the wisdom that comes from above. Psalms 14 verse 1 says, A fool says in their heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, they have done abominable works, and there is none who does good. So, if we look around us today, there is a lot and lot of people that are saying there is no God. There is a lot and lot of uh, religions that are coming out that denounce God. But we know that our source of life is God. He is our creator. James says that wisdom from below is self-seeking. I was listening to a message from John Piper during the week and John Piper puts it this way. He says, they walk as if the world owes them something. But what they, really, what they are really owed is hell. But because of the grace of God, we no longer face hell, but we face eternal life. It is up to us, though, that we acquire the wisdom from above by following what God has commanded us to do. Knowing that true wisdom comes from God helps us to align ourselves with the will of God and it puts, it puts us in the right place where we begin to practice the fear of God as Proverbs 9 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom, of all wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So where, where do we build our foundation as Christians? Our foundation must be built on the fear of the Lord. When we have the fear of the Lord, everything else falls in place because it tells us that it is the beginning of all wisdom. When you have got the wisdom from above, everything else aligns the way it should, not the way you think it should. And it tells us that the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Everything that seems to be confusing to you, when you've got the knowledge of the Holy One, you gain the understanding. Nothing becomes confusing anymore. But you have got that revelation that comes from above. So this takes us to our second kind of wisdom, which is the true wisdom. This type of wisdom comes from above in contrast to the wisdom that is earthly. James chapter 1 points us that we can get this type of wisdom from the Lord. It says in James uh, uh, chapter 1 verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally without finding reproach, and it will be given to him. So, in other words, he gives liberally without finding fault. So, whatever sin that we have, that sin prohibits us from gaining the wisdom of God. But if we go to God and ask him, that sin that 
stops us from finding the wisdom is cleansed and then we have the ability of seeing what the, the wisdom from above is. We've got the ability to be led into the right, into the right path of the Lord. So we need to be presenting ourselves to God, confessing our sin and asking him daily for wisdom. And when, when you ask wisdom, you will begin to have that wisdom to be able to say who the mother of the child is. Rather than getting the child split in half, you will know who the real mother of the child is. As uh, Solomon did, he asked of the Lord in First Kings 3, chapter 9, uh, 1 Kings 3, verse 9. Solomon asked, Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may descend between good and evil. For who is able to be a great judge, to be a judge to this great people of yours? Solomon knew that he couldn't do it on his own. And after he asked wisdom, it, for wisdom, it was given to him. Not only wisdom was given, but also riches were added to him. So, when we seek the Lord and seek for wisdom, we will not only get wisdom, but we will also get riches that come with it. We will also get long life. If we read in Proverbs, it says, uh, on the right hand is long, longevity, long life, and on the left hand is riches and everything else. So when we seek wisdom and when we embrace wisdom, we will get all that comes with wisdom. But it is knowing where that wisdom comes from. James goes on to tell us on, uh, on that same chapter 1 that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. So we are told that this wisdom is the wisdom from above, which means it is a true gift that comes from the Father himself. Every Christian, therefore, must look up to heaven for all he needs to know that every good gift comes from above. Knowing that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom prepares the Christian for the wisdom from above. It does not look to the philosophies of this earth that the world gives, but rather he looks to Jesus where, all, where are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's from Colossians 2 or 3. This begins with receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. Having received Christ, then you will be rooted and established, knowing your source of wisdom. When your roots are in Christ, then you are able to receive the fruits that comes with it as well. Second Timothy three fourteen and fifteen tells us. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and be assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. In 15, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures and are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So, when we are rooted in Christ, we dwell in his truth. And where is his truth? His truth is his word. When we meditate upon his word daily, we become like him. 
Because we are living in Him. What also we have to know is that as children of God, we are not alone. We have the Holy Spirit on our side. Jesus promised that He will not leave us as orphans, but He will send us the Comforter who will comfort us and He will let us know of things before they happen. We will have inside information. We have got that inside info. If we are in the right lining with God and if we meditate on the Spirit, we pray, we pray to Him daily, He will let the secrets of heaven known to us. Even before things happen, we will already know what's going to happen. So it is up to us to ensure that we are in constant communication, that our life is a life of intimacy with God. Because without intimacy with God, we are lost. We are walking on our own walk, which is directionless. The Bible tells us that in his mind, a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. It is the Holy Spirit that, that you hear that small, still voice saying, this is the way, go in it. So we need to be listening carefully to what the Spirit is saying to us. And in order for you to hear what someone is saying, you have to be listening. You, you, you not have to be talking. You don't have to be talking. But you have to stop and listen to be able to hear what the other person is saying. We can all sing at the same time, but we cannot all talk at the same time. Because then we will not hear each other. The same happens as when you pray. You need to pray and then take time to listen to God to speak. Don't be giving out, giving out, giving out and expecting God to answer you, yet you are not giving him an opportunity to speak back to you. So, speak to God, take time, be quiet, listen to God as he speaks to you. Then you'll know where God wants you to go. Ephesians 1.17 says the spirit of wisdom and revelation is within, is within us, which is the Holy Spirit. It directs us on the wisest path. We trust the word and pray. And we are encouraged to get wisdom, not only in the New Testament, but it also is in the Old Testament. The book of, of Proverbs teaches a lot about wisdom. So, if you haven't read through the book of uh, Proverbs, Maybe try and give yourself some time and go through it and you'll see how much it teaches about wisdom. An example comes from Proverbs 4 verse 4. He also taught me and he said to me, let your heart retain words, keep my commands and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away for from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all your, your getting, get understanding. So what happens is you get wisdom first 
and then understanding is added unto it. Without wisdom, there is no understanding. You can have the knowledge that you get from the books, but without wisdom, there is no understanding. So I'll urge us to therefore get wisdom. And we need to know that the wisdom that we get is the true wisdom that comes from above. If we try and get wisdom from elsewhere, then that is foolishness. It is equivalent to asking for trouble. The type of that type of wisdom which is considered foolishness is also a counterfeit wisdom. It only fulfills the flesh and accomplishes the works of the devil. The wise thing get wisdom. The wisdom that comes from God. So how do these, how do these uh, wisdoms operate? Well, with each wisdom you will see the fruits. If it's earthly wisdom, the fruits will be earthly fruits. If it's wisdom from above, then you will see the fruits from uh, above as well. So the evidence of false wisdom. If we go back to uh, James 3.14, it tells us if you have envy, but if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your heart, and do not boast and lie against the truth, this wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. So, what is envy? Envy is uh, something that carries self-ambition. It's all about me and not about the other person. But as Christians, we are told to put others first, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. However, envy says, it is all about me. It says, but I can do better than that. For a long time in my life, I have lived a life of competition. And I, I had not realized that living in competition, I was actually sinning. I was competing with other person who was uh, on a different chapter on their book compared to mine. And I was wondering why I wasn't getting there. But when I realized that God says, love the Lord, and the second commandment after that is love your neighbor as yourself, I then realized that it's nothing to do with me. It's all about to do with my neighbors. So it's nothing about promoting me. It's not about saying, I can do this much better than you can. It's about me saying, you're doing really well. Keep it up. 
It's about me saying, I'm really sorry things didn't go as well as they could have been. Is there any way that I could help you? It's about me saying, Lord, my brother hasn't managed to get that job, that interview that he had gone for. Lord, I pray that you'll bless him. It's not about saying, oh, I could have done better on that interview. Oh, you got the job, but uh, I think I can do that job better than you. It is about humbling yourself and knowing who you are before God. The Bible tells us to be zealous, but we need to have the right kind of zeal and be zealous for the things of God, not the things of the earth. If we have the zeal for the things of the earth, that is the wrong kind of zeal. If we want to learn more, if we read Matthew 6 from verses 1 to 18, it will tell us a a bit more about being zealous for the things of God. And as Christians, there's only one way that we can be zealous for the things of God, and that is through worship. And how do we worship him? John John 4.23 says, But the hour is coming and is now when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Mark said earlier about feeling. Worship is nothing to do with feeling. Worship is to do with your heart and how you present your heart to the Lord. It is nothing to do about the atmosphere of how the music is playing, but it is about how your heart is presented to God. There's no point for us to stand in front and and say to people, uh, say it like you mean it. Of course, people know what they mean in their hearts because the Bible says, True worshippers worship in spirit and in truth. We cannot see the spirit. But you know your spirit and you know what you're giving out to God. So it is about worshipping God in truth and in spirit. That, is, that begins to develop that zeal for the things of God. And that takes away the envy. Maybe we should ask ourselves, is my zeal the zeal of the Lord or is it a zeal is it a carnal zeal? When others succeed, do I secretly have envy for them? Or do I praise the Lord for their successes? When others fail, on the other hand, do I stand with them, both physical and in prayer? And if you ask yourself that question and answer that question truthfully, you will know what type of zeal you have. And it is your journey with the Lord and it is up to you how you put things right if they are not right or how you take things to a 
a higher level if things are right. And he also says about boasting. We know that pride loves to boast and certainly so does the wisdom from below. Second Corinthians ten twelve says, For we, don't, we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. We, however, we will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the fear of God, the fear which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. So, if we do have to boast, I think there is one thing that we can boast about, and that is Jesus Christ. For what he has done for us on that cross. And the wisdom that comes from above, it commands humility, it commands submission, with all glory given to God. It's all to do with God and nothing to do with me. I accept, Lord, use me for your glory. With that kind of humility, there is no longing to compare yourself to another Christian because all that you see is Christ. And we cannot begin to compare ourselves to Christ because we have got a long way to go. So the wisdom from above focuses on 1 Peter 5 verse 6 which says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord that he may exalt you in due time. So all that you have to do is to humble yourself before the Lord. But we have to be careful. There is a false humility that is out there. So what we need to do is to examine our hearts and, and show that the humility that we bring out is the true humility that comes from God. Not a humility to be seen by other people. And with the wisdom from below also comes deceit. Obviously, when you boast about something, when you've got nothing else to boast about, you begin to create things to boast about, which is uh, creating lies, which is deceiving people. And as we may be aware, uh, recently there has been a rise of fake news, and there is a lot of uh, that happening around. And how can we safeguard ourselves from that? By dwelling in the truth, knowing what the Word of God says. And when we have the wisdom from above, we have got the ability to discern. We will know that when that comes, that it is false news, it is fake news. We don't need to associate ourselves with it. But we, re we really need to align ourselves with the Word of God, which is the truth and which is the life. So what is the evidence then of the wisdom from above? Um, verse 17 mentions about meekness. 
Warren Wesley in his book, Be Mature, warns that meekness must not be mistaken for weakness. But it is power that is under control. It is the fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5.23. And therefore, it cannot be manufactured by men. So, if meekness is, fruit, is a fruit of the Spirit, then you cannot have false meekness because it can only be given by the Spirit. So we need to be asking God for that. And we need to be careful to watch out for false humility that can be sometimes mistaken for meekness. Beware of that. It is counterfeit. It is not real. Like a fake 20 pound note, you can't do anything with it. Instead, it will get you into trouble. So a person that has got wisdom from above, they will exhibit the right fruits. Their daily life will show that they have got the wisdom from above. Their conversations, their actions, their behavior, their attitude, they are all Christ-like. Why? Because they have got the wisdom from above. And be aware that you might be the only Bible that a non-Christian see in their life. So make sure that you live your life in a way that is pleasing before the Lord. So that when people see you, they say, there's something different about that person. And just by being different, you bring that atmosphere of difference into the environment where you are in. And people begin to imitate you. They begin to do what you are doing. And before you know it, they have given their lives to Christ. And that is followed on by purity. And purity indicates the importance of holiness. God is holy, and therefore the wisdom that is from above is also holy. 1 Peter 1.13 tells us, Therefore get up your loins, get up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is, bo- that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children not conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. God's wisdom leads to purity, and purity leads to an uncorrupted relationship with God. Let us hunger for that spiritual purity, And remember that whatever we feed into our minds is what manifests in our actions, is what manifests in what we say. So if we feed ourselves the truth that comes from above, then out of our mouth, truth will come out. Our lifestyle will exhibit that life of truth. But if we feed ourselves 
with the things of this world, it will be evident in the way we live. So we need to be careful of what we feed into our minds. We need to be careful of the things that we watch on TV, the things that we read. We need to be careful of the people that we associate with. And the wisdom from above, it leads to peace. And the Bible tells us that God will give us the peace that surpasses every kind of understanding. And it is important to know that that peace comes with the wisdom. Whereas the one that comes from below, the wisdom that comes from below, it is full of rivalry, competition and war. It is very important to note that peace of the church is not more important than the purity of the church. The peace of the church is not more important than the purity of the church. The purity, where a church is pure and devoted to God, then peace follows. So when you seek for a church that is pure, Peace is an addition to it because there is, there is no quarrel. And Isaiah 32, 17 tells us that the work of the righteous will be peace, an effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Man's wisdom tries to cover up sin so as to keep things together, whereas the wisdom says confess sin and the Holy Spirit says, I'll keep things together. The Lord says, He's faithful and just enough to forgive our sins if we confess them. So let us not sweep things under the carpet, hoping for peace. That's not going to build any peace for the church. But rather, let us seek purity as a church. And also, among other things, are gentleness, compliance, mercy, good fruit of fullfulness, decisiveness, and sincerity. And James 8, uh, chapter 3, verse 18 says, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace, by those who make peace. So, when we seek the wisdom from above, that wisdom will bring blessings for us. It will bring blessings for the church. So let us remember that Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And let us make the fear of the Lord our foundation as a church and let us live a lifestyle that is pleasing to the Lord. Let us live a humble life before the Lord. 
And let us uh, exalt one another. Let us not exalt ourselves, but exalt one another so that God will be glorified. Amen. Thank you, God bless you.